This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Well, I'll invite you to turn your Bibles once again to John chapter 15. We've been teaching a series the last uh, several weeks uh, on steps to answered prayer. And we have covered uh, three of the four steps that we've identified as uh, necessary and needful for our prayers to be answered. Now, it's important for us to realize that there are different kinds of prayer. Not all prayer is prayed in the same manner or in the same, by the same rules. But if we know how to pray effectively and operate according to what the Bible tells us are the rules that govern the different types of prayer, we can get an answer every time. Because God's always faithful. God never misses it on His end. We've just got to learn to cooperate with what He's put it, set in motion. Amen? So we're talking about uh, the, the one kind of prayer, specifically the kind of prayer that receives from God, or the prayer that changes things. It's identified in Scripture as the prayer of faith. And in John chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus is talking to his disciples on the night that he's betrayed. And he says this. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, whether you realize this or not, and I hope you do, most people don't seem to, I don't think. But Jesus is putting the responsibility on answered prayer on you. He says, if you meet the qualifications, you'll get an answer. Well, whose responsibility is it to meet the qualifications? Ours or God's? It's ours. So he says, here's the qualifiers. He said, if you abide in me, he's talking about relationship and fellowship, walking in fellowship with the Lord. John said in writing to the church, First uh, John chapter 5, he said, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God and we know that he hears and answers our prayers. Well, that, that has to do with fellowship. It's hard for you to have confidence toward God, even toward His Word, if you're not walking in fellowship with Him. If you're living in sin, not dealing with it, and just trying to ignore it and act like it's not the case, you're never going to have confidence to receive from God. So there is a qualifier, two of them actually. The first one is relationship and fellowship with Him. So He said, if you abide in Me, number one, Here's second, the second qualifier. He said, and if my words abide in you. Now, folks, you need to know something about answered prayer. You need to know something about receiving from God. It all hinges on you knowing what God has said in his word. In other words, let me say it this way. If you want to make sure to get an answer to your prayers every time, pray the word of God. Too many Christians are just praying in hopes and wishes. And they don't know what God's word says about the situation. And in many cases, people are praying contrary to what the word has already said. In other cases, they're praying in hope that God will do something that he's already said in his word that he will do or has done. But their lack of knowledge of that truth keeps them from having confidence to receive. So he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. You shall ask what you will. Now think about that for a minute. If you're walking in fellowship with God, if you're a child of God and walking in fellowship with Him, and His Word is living on in you, 
You're not going to be asking for something that's contrary to his will, are you? You're going to know what his will is because you know the word. So he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now notice verse 8. He said, herein, in this manner or in this way. In other words, by you getting answers to your prayers. Herein is my father glorified. Notice it doesn't say God's glorified when you're going through trouble. Doesn't say God's glorified when you're facing sickness and disease. In the middle of some big tribulation or some test or some trial. That's not what the Bible says glorifies God. Herein, in this way, you getting answers to your prayer is my father glorified. That you bear much fruit. Now the fruit he's talking about here is prayer fruit. Answers to prayer. So shall you be my disciples. Notice he says this is what the church ought to be known for. Well, I wish the church had learned how to pray. Wouldn't it be great if the world saw that the church got answers to their prayers? That'd change the world. Now, in, in talking about these things, and uh, I want to try to finish this up this morning. So I'm, but I'm going to have to go over some of the ground that we've covered before so that we have some continuity to things that we say this morning. We've identified four steps, or really the Bible identifies four steps to answered prayer. Step number one is decide what you want from God. Notice Jesus said, you shall ask what you will. If you meet the qualifications, you shall ask what you will. It shall be done unto you. You're going to have the most success in prayer when you pray specifically. Decide what you want from God. Now, that's just part of the step. In addition to deciding what you want from God, you need to find scriptures that promise you those things. And then you need to get those scriptures down on the inside of you. Make them a part of your heart, not just a part of your mind. And be ready to use those scriptures against the devil when he comes, because he will. In other words, you need to make preparation to pray before you ever pray. And that preparation should be in the word. Prepare to pray. Prepare by putting the word in, on the inside of you. Now, how do you do that? Well, you meditate in the word. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law, or the word of God, in other words shall not depart out of your mouth. That means you have to keep saying it over and over again. But thou shalt meditate therein. So the Bible identifies meditating as speaking the word. The more you speak the word of God, the more it becomes a part of the inside of you, the real man on the inside, your spirit or your heart. So he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now the Bible says that day and night belongs to meditating in the word rest of your time is yours <laughs> no thank God we can meditate as we do other things we can speak the word to ourselves while we're carrying on our daily routines and doing other things that we need to do so it should be a continuous a continual thing thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein now why do we want to do that well the last part of the verse says for then after meditating in the word and doing the word. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. Notice it doesn't even say God makes your way prosperous. Or God gives you good success. Now, of course God's behind it. Because it's your word that brings the results. And he's the originator of the word. 
But it says you make your way prosperous by putting the word of God in practice. And you bring success into your life. Uh, the Amplified Bible, I think, is, is, says, shall deal wisely in the affairs of life. Well, you can well understand that you wouldn't have any good success in life unless you could deal wisely. But notice what brings about that result. You putting the word of God in practice. So that's how you make the word of God a part of your spirit. That's how you prepare to pray. That's how you prepare for what you want to ask God for. Now that brings us to step number two, and that is ask God for the things that you want. Now over in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus tells us the principles of this prayer of faith. And he said, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Notice he's talking about your desires, the things that you want. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now here's the qualifier for asking God and praying the prayer of faith. Step two is ask God for the things you want and believe that you receive them when you pray. Now prayer is supposed to be a communication between you and God. That's all prayer means. It means communication between you and and your heavenly father. Now if you're talking to somebody here on the earth and you ask him for something and you know them and you trust them and you know that they're working for your best interest, you would expect your request to be honored. You would expect whatever you ask him to do to be fulfilled. That's the way it works down here, right? But why should it work any different with our Heavenly Father? And that's really what Mark eleven twenty four is all about. It means believe God hears and answers your prayer when you pray. Now think about what that means. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, the things that you desire, and you shall have them, meaning the things that you desire. When do you believe that you receive them? When you see them? When you feel like he heard you? When your circumstances change? No, faith is believing in what you can't see. Faith is believing God heard and answered your prayer before you do see the results or see a change. And that's what Mark eleven twenty four is talking about. When you pray, believe that you receive those things and you shall have those things. Now, step number two is really the easiest step there is. It's just simply asking God and believing that he heard you and answered your prayer. So when you say amen to your prayer... You're praying for healing for your body, for example. Father, according to your word, Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses, and with his stripes I was healed. Therefore, I ask you for healing for my body. And I believe I receive healing now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now that's when the prayer battle starts, when you say amen. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease. 
Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Now you're right there in Mark chapter 11. We looked at verse 24, look at verse 23. Step number three is very simply this, keep your heart from doubt. Jesus, in explaining how faith works, said in verse 23, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Notice that phrase, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now the only qualifier that Jesus makes mention of in verse 23 is keeping your heart from doubt or not doubting in your heart. You need to understand that that is the devil's number one job when it comes to trying to hinder you from receiving everything God has provided for you through the work of Jesus. And that is to try to make you doubt from your heart. Now what does it mean to doubt in your heart? Well, believing in your heart is saying whatever God's word says about a situation. So doubting in your heart is saying anything that contradicts God's word. So if speaking the word of God is speaking in faith, speaking according to the circumstances, what you see and how you feel is speaking doubt. So the devil is going to work overtime to try to make you doubt from your heart. Specifically to try to make you say something contrary to the scriptures upon which you base your prayer. Now one of the, uh, the key elements here, one of the single most important things that it seems to me is overlooked a lot by the church world. And that is the impact that your thought life has on your prayer life. We looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. You might want to look over there again. What you think has everything to do with what you receive from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 beginning in verse 3. Paul said, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now what are the strongholds he's talking about? He's talking about the enemy's fortifications. He's talking about the fortifications that the enemy has set up against you to try to rob you of what Jesus has already purchased for you. To try to rob you of what God has provided for you through the sacrifice of Jesus. Now a lot of times people think spiritual warfare is about praying. And they're uh, there's a lot of teaching out there that will teach you that you have to pray and intercede and most of it is in tongues and, and you have to really get after the devil and boy, I mean, it's just hot and heavy. But I want you to notice that Paul is talking about the devil's strongholds in relation to spiritual warfare. How do you pull down the devil's strongholds? How do you break through the fortifications of the, of the devil how do you break through those barriers that he set up in an attempt to keep you out of the things that God has provided for you? 
Notice verse 5. Casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations. Folks, I want you to understand the biggest fight you're going to have with the devil is in your mind. You don't see Jesus going into a new town and stop and have a big prayer meeting so that he breaks the power of the devil over that city. It's not the way he operated. Well, why should we operate like that now? Well, there's no scriptural evidence that we should. Here's how you defeat the strongholds of the devil. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into every captivity, into bringing into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, he's saying to destroy every thought, every image, every perception, every feeling, everything that contradicts God's word on the subject. Now, you need to understand, folks, that words are containers. God has created man in such a way that words create pictures on the inside of us. If I say the word dog, you don't think of the word D-O-G. You think of whatever that little much you've got at home looks like or whatever you associate with dog. If I say the word house, more than likely you have a picture on the inside of you of your own house place that you live words are containers they carry pictures well the things that you think create the pictures that you see on the inside of you and you speak in line with what you see so the devil knows what a lot of christians don't know and that is he can affect your words by affecting your thoughts so let every thought Affirm that you have what you asked for. Destroy every thought, every perception, every image, every dream, everything that exalts itself or contradicts the word of God. Folks, what you think has everything to do with what you receive. Everything. Now I want you to turn back with me again to Numbers chapter 13. We looked at this for a bit last week. Now remember what God has said. God had told them that the promised land was a land that flows with milk and honey. He had also told them that the Amorites were there and the Hittites were there and the Canaanites were there. He told them who was in the land and who possessed the land that they were going to, to take. That part shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody. So the 12 spies go into the land, spend 40 days there, and they bring back the fruit of the land. They've got a cluster of grapes that must have been so big that, well, they, that they put it on two, uh, a pole that, that two people carried it. I guess they did that for the size. They'd never seen anything like this. So they showed the fruit of the land to the people, and they said, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, just like God said. We'll start reading here in verse, uh, well, let's read verse 27, Numbers chapter 13. And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him, the ten spies, 
Caleb and Joshua are the only two that are standing in faith. The men that went up with him said, we, may, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which were come of the giants. And we were, notice this phrase, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Now, folks, I want you to realize something. Twelve men go in and see exactly the same thing. Ten of them come back with a different picture than the other two. Now, what caused the different pictures that they had? We know the ten spies came back with an evil report of unbelief. What caused the difference in what they saw? Well, this is the way the devil works. The devil takes circumstances and he speaks to your mind about circumstances. And he tells you that these circumstances mean that you're going to be defeated or you're going to fail. He intends... To create a picture of failure. And he was successful with 10 of these guys. He created in them a picture of failure. From what he spoke to their minds about the circumstances that he saw. Now what about the other two? The other two saw exactly the same things. But they refused to receive the thoughts. Or the words that came to their mind from the devil. About the circumstances. They stood firm. In their belief that the circumstances didn't change what God said. Now the same word has come to all 12 of these guys. I'm leading you to a land flowing with milk and honey God said. And you'll take possession of the land. The land is yours. Ten of them say well the land can't be ours because of the people that dwell in the cities. And boy the cities have walls around them. And they look so strong to us that we look to ourselves like grasshoppers. Well, Caleb and Joshua see exactly the same thing. But they say that doesn't change what God said. Pharaoh and his armies were stronger than us too. But look what God did to them. Now, folks, again, let me make the point. What you see on the inside of you is everything. Because you will speak in line with what you see inside. Now, we need to consider this. Did the two guys that operated in faith, Caleb and Joshua, were they just so strong in faith that the devil didn't speak thoughts of doubt to them? No, that's not the way it works. The devil attacks everybody the same way. The strongest Christian, the strongest believer that you can imagine that ever lived face the same thoughts the same wrong thoughts that come to their mind as come to yours and mine the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every point like as we are you know what that means that means he had to deal with wrong thoughts just like you and I do that means he was tempted to think contrary to the word of God just like us He was facing the same choice that you and I face. He faced the same choice that these 12 spies face. And that is, what are you going to believe? 
Are you going to believe what God said? Or are you going to believe that the circumstances are bigger than God? That's really what it comes down to. Now the congregation has to make a choice. All the children of Israel are hearing two different reports. They're hearing a a report of doubt, an evil report of doubt that says we can't do it. Isn't that what the devil tells you all the time? You can't do it, you can't have it, you can't receive it. But on the other hand, they heard somebody that was agreeing with the word and say, God's on our side, we can do this. Now notice that Caleb and Joshua didn't stand up and say, here's how we can do this. They just said, God's with us, we can do it. Chapter 14 tells us what the congregation of Israel did. Verse 1, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return to Egypt. Folks, I want you to understand something. People that refuse to walk by faith want a leader to help them walk away from God. People that have made the determination that God's word is not true, that healing is not for us, that God doesn't want you to win in every situation, that the devil's one that makes people sick and brings trouble into their lives and not God, those people will elect a pastor, uh, excuse me, a captain. That will tell them what they want to hear. And lead them in the way they want to go. It's just the way it works. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation and the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh. Which were of them that searched the land rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel saying. The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land, and he'll give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only rebel ye not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us, their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Now what in the world would cause Joshua and Caleb to say that when the other ten are saying that the people are great and the sons of giants are over there and the Amalekites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and all the other rites dwell in the mountains and the coasts and all of the other places in the land. What would cause them to have such a different report? They saw exactly the same thing. They saw exactly the same circumstances. They heard exactly the same thoughts from the devil speaking to their mind. What caused them to say what they said? It was simply a choice. Folks, you can choose to think whatever you want to think. You can think thoughts of faith just as easy as you can think thoughts of doubt and unbelief. You can control your thoughts. Jesus defined the prayer of faith by saying, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Don't let your circumstances take you away from believing and confessing what you've prayed to receive. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Don't let the wrong thoughts influence what you see on the inside and what you say with your mouth. Finally, step four, praise God for the answer. Praise God for the answer. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.